0: Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So great to see all of you in church at one time, and I can't believe how loud the choir is when it's not cut in half. Very impressive. That's a miracle, too. We shouldn't take that for granted. We've been praying earnestly. That uh, God would allow us to come back to one liturgy. I see some old friends. Nice to see you guys. Welcome back. <clears throat> so I want us to remember that this paralytic lay by the pool of Saloam or Bethesda for 38 years, and he wasn't alone that there were many invalids and people who were lame and sick that also were by this pool that was by the entrance to the temple because of the angel who would come down once a year and stir those waters. And I want you to remember that on any day Jesus could have come to that place and performed a miracle. It was on this specific day, out of those 38 years, I don't know what 38 times 365 is, but it's a lot of days. And I want us to remember that Jesus never did anything in his life by chance. Everything that he did was in the context of perfect foreknowledge. He had a plan. He knew that he would encounter this specific paralytic. As a matter of fact, when he went to this area, he went specifically to him. And he knew all of his story. He didn't have to hear it from the mouth of the paralytic. He knew exactly what he had been going through for 38 years. Another thing I want to bring to your attention, because sometimes when we just read the gospel passage or hear it read, We don't necessarily think about the details, but can you imagine being paralyzed for 38 years, not being able to move your limbs, not being able to stand? How atrophied and twisted and distorted your body would be. It wouldn't look normal. Anybody on a quick glance would be able to tell in general terms, that this person was really sick. That for him to be able to stand or even to sit up would be humanly impossible. So there's no doubt that there's going to be a miracle and it's going to be obvious to everybody that is witnessing it. And when Jesus comes up to the paralytic, he asks to me, an amazing question. He comes up to him and he goes, do you want to be healed? To me, I'd say, no, duh. (laughs) Of course I want to be healed. That's why I'm here. Look at me. But Jesus asks the question for a couple of reasons. Number one, he wants to engage the man's free will. He wants him to think about why this specific man is asking me that question because i would venture to guess that in 38 years no one has ever come up to him and even talked to him much less asked him do you want to be healed it's important for us to be in sync with god Do you know that the word in Greek for confession, eczemoloisis, literally means when translated to agree out loud with God? When I come to confession before my father confessor, I'm not telling God anything that he doesn't know. I'm agreeing out loud in front of another person what God already knows. But think about that. Think about how that engages me Think about the preparation, the self examination, the memory that gets engaged in thinking about my life and in examining it in light of the truth of God's commandments. That preparation, that engagement is life changing in and of itself. It doesn't come out of a vacuum, it comes out of a context that I want to be healed, that I want to be forgiven that I want these burdens lifted up out of my life and off of my shoulders. That's like the preparation of a garden before you plant the seed. To the degree that you prepare that garden soil well, that seed is going to produce and yield an abundance. And the same happens with our heart. So when that paralytic is asked, do you want to be healed, he thinks about it. He engages, but he also looks up at the man that's asking him. Jesus doesn't just want to stop short at physical healing. He never wants to stop short at just healing our body. He always is more concerned with our soul. Because our soul of all of our human person is the most in the image of God, and it is immortal. It is that which will go on to be with God in paradise when our person dies and our body goes under corruption. So with a word, Jesus says to him, rise, take up your pallet, and walk. Now, we didn't put in the bulletin an icon of the raising and healing of the paralytic. But if you were to see the icon that depicts this event, it shows the man completely healed, not twisted, not atrophied, no longer weak, carrying the palate on his back. And it shows him bowing in veneration before Jesus Christ, who he didn't know but when Jesus said, "Do you want to be healed?" he considered, "Why are you asking me? What interest do you have in my wholeness? Do you maybe have the power to restore me?" And when he is healed by just a word, he bows before his healer. Now the interesting thing is is that Jesus and the paralytic get separated. And while they are separated, the Jewish religious leaders come and they question him and they, in a sense, chastise him for being healed and made whole on the Sabbath. Now, let me ask you a question. That, to me, is also amazing. If I saw someone restored after 38 years of paralysis, I would go, yes, that would be amazing. So the question is, who was more twisted? Who was more distorted? Who was really paralyzed, the man who lay by the pool for 38 years or the Jewish religious leaders for not having eyes to see and a heart open and full of love to rejoice with that man at his restoration? There is something far worse than physical illness, and that is spiritual illness that leads to spiritual blindness. And there is a huge contrast in this story, and it really begs the question, who's sick? Because this man is no longer sick, but those Jewish religious leaders, because of their blindness and their hardness of hearts, are truly sick. And I don't know if anybody, even God, could heal them unless they are open to saying to the question, do you want to be healed? Yes. So my dear brothers and sisters, after that, where does Jesus find the man who was once a paralytic for 38 years? Does he find him at a cafe neo Does he find him at a park? Did he go straight home? Where did he find him? He found him in the temple. That, to me, shows that this man was not only physically healed, but he was spiritually healed. And he went to the temple to thank the God who healed him. He didn't completely understand all that happened to him, but you can tell by his action that the fruit of his physical healing led to the spiritual resurrection of his soul. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we read this during this Paschal season it actually marks a transition from Pascha, resurrection to starting to think about the coming of the holy spirit and pentecost which is why there is the theme of water but is resurrection is not just a physical one it is also a spiritual one and the question is asked of us today through this story do we want to be healed Do we want to rise up from the pallet of our own sins, from our own blindness, from our own hardness of heart, from our own indifference? And do we want to be made whole, inside out, so that we can see, as Father Thomas asked the kids, the everyday presence of God in the amazing miracles of everyday life. So that they don't become mundane and wrote for us, but that we recognize the hand of God and give him glory and thanksgiving. And it raises us up and it heals us from all of those things that are obstacles to God. So on this day, as Jesus asks each of us, Do you want to be healed? Say, Yes, Lord, I want to be healed, not just in my body but even more importantly, in my soul. Amen.